My goal is to make sure over these next two weeks that you know how to make good decisions. The word good, if you look it up in your dictionary, the etymology of the word good is God. So a good decision is a God decision. And I want to start out with reading Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 5. It is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church of Rome, which he did not, he never uh, visited. He, he thought he was going to visit the church, but he never got to visit it other than by the time he got in Rome. He got in Rome, and unfortunately he was there not as a minister, but as a man on trial who eventually was uh, executed by Caesar. But he wrote this letter, and I'll give you a little bit more background about this letter next week. And he reads, starts off this particular, I'm starting in the middle of the chapter, chapter 12, the middle of the uh, book of Romans. And though we say it's a book in the Bible, it's really just, it's a letter. The word epistle simply means letter. And Paul writes, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as, living, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Holy simply means different. This is your true and proper worship. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, be changed by the way you think. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. That God's will, you'll discover, is good, pleasing, that is, you're able to accept it, and his will is perfect. One of the scriptures I memorized in, when I was in, in college was Psalms 18, verse 30 and 32. It says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tested. He is a shield for those who put them, their trust in him. God's will is perfect, as Paul says, picks it up. Verse 3, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Turn to somebody and say, you need to humble yourself. Turn to somebody else and say, you ain't all that. Amen. Now, if you, now, if you, now if you said that to your spouse, say, no, I didn't mean it. The pastor told me to say that. <laughs> but rather think of yourself with a sober. Does, sober does not mean, you know, you're not drunk and now you're thinking soberly. No, it means seriously. It means really be uh, focused in your thinking and judgment in accordance with the faith God distributed to each and every one of you. Every one of us has a measure of faith. We have what we call, just you know, like in business, you have startup money, startup capital. In the work of God, in, the, in, in your spiritual life, you have startup faith, meaning that everybody has the ability to receive Jesus Christ by faith. And you'll discover uh, there's a scripture in this, uh, in, in, uh, this book that was written by Paul that literally changed the world through a man named uh, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther. 
and he grabbed a hold of this scripture that changed everything and produced a Protestant, revel Protestant religion. And that scripture is found in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, which says, the just shall live by faith. He says, for just as each one of us has one body and many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So I want to speak to you again on how to make good decisions. First of all, for those of you who are new to our church, many of you are visiting, our mission, the reason why we exist, the why of why we have this church called Pentecostal Tabernacle is to restore broken lives. The long version is we want to restore lives broken by the consequences of sin to the place where these very same broken lives bring glory and honor to God. In other words, we want to be the glove that's on, that's in, that covers the hand of God to touch your life. The power is not in the glove. The power is in the hand. Amen. The power is not in the oven mitts. The power is in the hand that cooked the meal. Are you following me so far? And so we understand that God wants to use us to restore broken lives. Now, when you say, well, what do you mean by a broken life? Well, we know that, for example, this cup is, the, the, the objective of this cup is that it should be able to hold liquid or hold cereal or hold pennies or whatever you want it to hold. But it, if, if, because it's whole, because it's not broken, it's able to function as it ought to function. But many times we think of broken sort of like this. This is a cup, but you see all these pieces, broken pieces. And so our, one of our goals is to make sure that the hand of God so touches your life that though your life may look like a, a million broken pieces that can never come together, the power of God can turn you from this to this. Can you say amen? So it's easy to see lives that are broken and messed up. Like you can look at people and say, wow, that person's messed up. That person's struggling. But then there's another kind of brokenness that is not so uh, evident to the eye. And that is, for example, um, we, have, uh, we had a problem. I thought we had a problem with our dishwasher. And uh, how many have a dishwasher? And, and, and I'm talking about like a machine dishwasher, not your parents. Uh, no, like a... <laughs> and so uh, uh, we have a dishwasher, and it's called a dishwasher. Amen. I, I'm not a deep preacher. It's called a dishwasher. It is called a dishwasher. It is not called a dish dryer. It's called a dishwasher. And yet what may happen is that we were, uh, we bought a brand new dishwasher and, and discovered for some reason that the dishwasher was washing dishes, but it wasn't drying dishes. And that we would get more angry about that because though 
The title of the machine is dishwasher. There is an expectation that it dries. What am I saying? I'm saying that sometimes things that are broken are simply out of order, meaning that they're not doing all that they were created to do. And my point to you is that many of you are broken. Yes, your title may be professor. Your title may be a, 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 a clerk or a cashier or a doctor or a lawyer or or dad, or mom, or whatever your title is. But you are more than your title. I could be, for example, I could be a wonderful pastor and a wonderful preacher. And people say, oh, Bishop Brian Green, he's a, he's a good bishop. He's a good preacher. But I could be a horrible dad, a horrible husband. So the question is, is that am I made whole? And I know that all of us, in some area of our lives, we are out of order. We look like we function properly. There's many of us, if you know, when you see a machine that's out of order, you, how many of you have put your, your money in a vendor machine because it looked like it was working, can I get a witness? And the money did not, and, and the item that you put in, you chose it, A3. Can I get a witness? And, and it didn't come out. That means the machine's out of order. I told this story before, but I'll tell it again. I remember one time we were, we were stopping and I ran into this place and put my money, and you, how many of you have been hungry? I'm going to talk to some of you. Honey, been hungry. How many of you? How many of you have been not hungry but hangry? Ah, they say, what's the difference? Hungry is when you're like, mm, I want something to eat. Hangry is when you're when you're just miserable. You're so miserable you don't even. How many of you have been so miserable you don't even be a, you don't even want to be around yourself? Can I get away? One witness. Thank you. I see you, my brother. And, and so, you know, when you're going on a trip. And you pull aside because, like, I just need, like, tortilla chips or, or I need a candy bar. I need a Snickers just to, just to get me to the next station. Can I get a witness out there? And so I put the money in, and the thing went, zzzz, and I said, yeah, I got a nice Snickers bar. And it stopped at the edge. Come on, talk to me now. Can, 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 it, it stopped at the edge. And like a good Christian... I tapped it a little, saying, no, pretty please, could you please come out, Mr. Snickers Bar? And it didn't come out. And now I'm like, have you ever gotten so angry you started talking to a thing that's not even a thing, a person? You start talking to your television, start talking, I get a witness. I am talking now to this machine like, you punking me. You ain't taking my money. You better, so I shook it a little harder. And it wasn't coming out. And then finally, I just got something. I went, woo, woo, woo. And everything went, <laughs> I quickly took my Snickers bar and walked away. <laughs> Machine's out of order. 
and I may have been a little bit out of order. <laughs> hey, you said that, uh, amen, a little bit too loud. <laughs> Paul says that if we would give ourselves to Christ, then we will be able to prove that God's will is good, perfect, and acceptable. I want to speak to you on nine indicators that will help you to know God's will. Nine indicators. When you drive a car, there are indicators. There's an indicator that says you have enough fuel to get to where you're going. Now, many of you test that and have found yourself running out of gas and your car stall, and you can get all upset as you want to, but the indicator said, mm-hmm, that you were running out of gas. As a matter of fact, you had an indicator of a light that came on and said, you are now on empty. But you always said, can I get a witness? Oh, I can get two more miles out of this. Can I get a witness? I won't even ask how many of you ran out of gas. I was driving down the street, and you have an indicator called a speedometer that tells you how fast you're going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And some of you have been pulled over by the state police. Mm-hmm. And you knew from the get-go that you was driving over the speed limit. Mm-hmm, it's quiet in here. And you ended up giving an offering to that state. <laughs> now they have these machines, these, 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 uh, speed limit machines that if you go over, it starts blinking, saying you're driving too fast. I remember one time I'm driving, it's like, you're driving too fast. I was like, shut up. <laughs> we have indicators that tell if your engine's too hot or too cold. And of course you have indicators that nobody in Massachusetts uses, and that is indicators that indicate whether you're turning right Mm -hmm. Tell somebody he's talking about you right now. Or turn and left. Self-confession. My wife many times said, why don't you put on your indicator? I was like, I know where I'm going. <laughs> Confession is good for us. First of all, let's find out what the will of will, the word will means. The word will, when we're talking about the will of God or anybody's will, the word will means uh, a determination, a choice, a purpose, an inclination, a desire, a pleasure, or a preference. So God has a will. He has a preference. He has, he has a determination. He has things that he would rather us, he would choose for us to do as opposed to not do. Are you following me so far? For example, when I made vows to my wife of uh, 38 and a half years, you thought I didn't know, 38 and a half years, uh, there was a choice, there was a decision that I said to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, you will be my only woman, you will be my only lady, and I meant, and that was God's choice. That's God's determination that, that I would be with this woman to death do us part. 
And if I was end up stepping out and, and being with another woman, that is not God's will. Are you hearing me? And besides, I would be a dead man from her, but that's not God's will. God's will is that I remain faithful. He, he has a will. God has a, God has a preference for what school he wants you to go to. He has a preference for what job he wants you to have. Yet God is so detailed, he'll even choose the apartment or the roommate he wants for you if you would ask him. In fact, his will is so important that when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he teaches them to pray, thy kingdom come, Luke chapter 11, thy will be done. We're supposed to ask God, God, what do you want? And many of you have ended up in hot water or in a big mess because you never asked God what he wants. We love that scripture. We quote it. We, many of us, if you've been around any church, any, any length of time, you have heard Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yes. Lean not into your own understanding. Yes. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Let him know what you're going to do. Before you went on a date with that certain person, did you ask God? It's quiet in here. Before you went and hung up with that person you never met, did you ask God? Well, you don't understand. It's lonely in Massachusetts. Nobody's friendly here. And finally, I got a friend, and now you can ask me to ask God. What if God says no? Maybe he's trying to keep you out of trouble. Because people are crazy. Turn to somebody and say, he's trying to help you out. So how do I discover God's will for my life? Let me give you six of those indicators, and then next week I'll finish up. Number one indicator of how to discover God's will is first of all, learn to praise God. Why praise God? I mean, what do, you, what do you mean, why praise God? Well, the Bible says, for example, I mean, outside of text messages and, and, and all, all kinds of electronics, even television, not television, telephones, um, if I want to talk to my wife, and, and that's, I know many of you are like, where's his wife? Okay, honey, could you stand up so they can see how fine you are? And, how, and I mean, so this is my wife, okay? Okay. So, so you know, you come up closer. Okay. Okay. You can take off your mask. We're, I think we live in the same house. Uh, and so, if I want to talk to my wife in person, I need to get her in the same space. Are you following? Now, now text messaging, texting is nice, but I, I want her to be in the same space. Are you hearing me? so she can touch me. Mm, oh, yes, Lord. Oh, oh Jesus. Ooh, yeah. So she can touch me. Now, you know, I don't want to be sort of like, you know, and I don't mean to be in just, but, you know, being in a glass and we'll, you know, put your hand up the glass like, I love you. That, that's not going to work for me. 
Okay, I, I want to be able to touch her and I want her to be able to touch me. Before that can happen, we got to be in the same space. Thank you very much. And so what am I saying? I'm saying that God says in Psalm 22, verse 3, that he inhabits the praises of his people. When you praise him, God will show up in your space. In fact, David said in Psalm 100, verse 4, he says, enter into God's gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. One of the things that I've noticed in this generation, and I'm not talking about millennials and Gen Zs, I'm talking about this generation, this 2021, is, is that is this. People are so unthankful. You give somebody a gift, you may be lucky if they text you back and say thank you. It's quiet in this place. How many of you have ever held the door open for somebody and they walk by you like you were the door person? Like, I, I, I want you, I'm going to give you homework or roommate work or schoolwork. Practice saying thank you. Next time you go to Walgreens or Stop and Shop or Market Basket or Star Market or Shaw's or wherever you go, when you are CVS, when, when, when you pay for your items, say to the cashier, thank you. Children. When your parents make a meal for you, say thank you. Well, you're my parent. What are they supposed to do? Oh, there are plenty of parents. Learn to say thank you. If you praise God, he'll show up in the same space. The second thing you want to do, and I'm going to hurry on, is, is prayer. Again, how do I discover God's will? I praise him. He shows up. I pray. I pray. Again, I, I share with you Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways. Acknowledge him. That's prayer. God will answer your prayer. Uh, David, if you get a chance, read a case study of David in 2 Samuel chapter 5, the whole chapter. There, every time David was going to do something, he said, should I attack? And God would say, yes. Another time, he says, God, should I attack? God says, no, don't attack. God wants to direct you. I believe that. Can I help you out, young people? Can I help you out? Can I help you out? God will even direct you to sales. Can somebody say amen? I mean, you could pay full price if you want to, but God will bless you, shamana, shamana. Two for ones. He will bless you. And you may say, well, that's such a small thing. I'm point, I'm, my point is that God wants you to ask him for the little things and for the big things. I hope you ask him if you should go to the school that you're in right now. Let me preach to my wife. Honey, not every open door is from God. Oh, this has to be God because it's more money and it's, all, it's everything I always wanted. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a person. But the end of that way is death. 
We have multiple prayer times in this church. We have midnight prayer. You can go to our website. We have 6 o'clock a.m. prayer. We have upper room prayer. We have biblical justice prayer. Uh, we, we have so many opportunities to pray because we really believe everything you see in this building is because we pray. God is a God who answers prayer. Then there's precepts. The word precept, it meaning God's word, the Bible. The word precept means this. It is a commandment or direction given as a rule of action or rule of conduct. In other words, God, God gives precepts. He gives rules. He gives direction in his, in his book called the Bible. Psalm 19 verse 8 says, The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Oh, man, when God gives a direction and you get from him, it, it is joy to the heart. Could it, be that many, could it be that many of you are not joyful is because you're not in God's word seeing what he wants you to do? I walk into a store and I'm hungry. And I notice that this store, and one of my favorite candy bars is Snickers bar. And I noticed that this store has 100 Snickers bars. And I say, well, they have 100. Let me take two of them and put them in my pocket because the store doesn't need it. Well, the Bible says thou shalt not steal. You may say, well, that's not, oh, what's so deep about that? Well, Let's get a little bit more deeper. You get, a, you get some side income that you should report on your income taxes. Let me, let me just look at the clock right now. And you may have outsmarted the IRS, but God sees what you did. And I know you want to feel good about being a church. Hey, you know, I didn't, I didn't come to this church for you to to convict me and, and, and make me feel guilty. That's, no, I'm trying to help you. Because God has a better way, and his way is in his word, the precepts of the Lord. So, again, praise the Lord. Prayer, precepts. Oh, let me get to these other parts. Uh. <laughs> we have Bible study every Tuesday. We're starting this Tuesday, and we're turning our Bible study where we're branding it from Bible study to the well where you can receive the well and the freshness of God's word. Let me go quickly here. Oh, man. Honey, this is going to be a tough one. Another indicator of the will of God, I'll close my eyes, is your parents. Your parents. The Bible says... If you want to live life long, and I want to live long, Exodus chapter 20, honor your mother and your father that your life might be long. Proverbs 15 verse 20 says, A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. God puts people in your life, your parents, even if they're not saved. Many times... 
your parents know more about you than you do about yourself. It's quiet in here. Listen to your parents. And not simply your natural parents, but your spiritual parents. God puts people in your life to give you good advice. The other thing, your pastor. I need to come down here for this one. Your pastor. You know what? My life is okay. Denver, my life is okay. I, Mother Cummins, I don't like to be the bearer of bad news. In other words, come here. Uh, no, actually, yeah, come here, honey. Now, as a pastor, let's say, hope I can do this. Let's say this is a brick wall. Or, or, or actually, we'll, we'll do this. Come up here, honey. Now, as a pastor, the word bishop means, I know you think it's like, no, bishop simply means overseer. It means God has given me the ability. Who gave me the ability? Who gave me the ability? This is not natural. God has given me the ability to oversee people's lives because he's going to hold me responsible. Can I preach this thing? And so what happens is that my, my natural inclination, so I said God has given me, everybody with me? My natural inclination is to mind my own business. My, my, my natural inclination, Gordon, is you do you, I do me. And so sometimes, as a pastor, walk slowly, I see somebody heading over a cliff. My natural inclination is like, well, they're not my family. My natural inclination is just to say, hey, you do you. But, but God's like, no, I'm holding you responsible. Watch this. Oh, Cameron, you're going to like this one. So as I see you walking over a cliff that's going to mess you up, now, let me, look at the, let me look at the live screen, folks. Depending on who it is, how many of you have people who you know that if you tell them what they don't want to hear, there's going to be a whole lot of drama. Now, now, let's be honest. How many of you, you said, nah, I'm not even trying to go through that drama, so you let them walk? Because they're going to get mad at you. They're going to get moody. They, yeah, why are you getting on my business? You know, and you're like, you know what? You know, no, 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 just walk. And, and so many the times when I say, okay, um, you really shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z. And now they give me, see, see how my wife gave me the side eye? 
Now they give you the side eye. They avoid you. They get all moody. Their tone changes. Before it was, hey, pastor, oh, I love you. Now it's like, mm-hmm. And yet, and, and, and I'm not talking about just past, me as pastor. Elders are the elders there. Elders, raise it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not the bad guys. Our girls, ladies, women. I got to be careful now in this day and age. You call the guys men, but the women lay girls. No, no, okay. We, I want you to have what I have. I want you to have a peaceful life. I want you to have a good spouse, whoever God has for you. I want you to make God decisions. And so many times, sometimes, as a person, particularly, I'm going to talk to you young people, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Let me say that again. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So God puts pastors and elders over your life to say, hey, you shouldn't do that. Why not? Well, let me explain to, to you. We explain it to you. Well, I feel. I don't want you to feel. I want you to know. I feel like if I walk over this, 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 this edge that the Holy Spirit will help me to walk on air. You may feel that, but that's not what's going to happen. And so God puts spiritual leadership in your life. And finally, I'll close with this because I know you all want that television set. That God puts in your life not only a praise indicator, a prayer indicator, his word, the scripture indicator. Not only he puts in uh, uh, your parents. Oh, I praise God for my parents. And not only my, not only my natural parents, but my spiritual parents. Mother Cummings, can you raise your hand? She can turn 90 this year. Amen. One of my spiritual parents. Your pastor, but finally God puts in your life partners. If you are blessed with good friends who will tell you what you don't want to hear, you are a blessed person. The Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. You need people who dare to love you to say, I know they're going to be upset. I know they're not going to talk to me for a week, but I love them too much to make this mistake. And some of you, you better listen to the spiritual friends that God has put in your life so that you don't end up messed up. Are you with me? And this, you may say, well, this is not deep. I, I thought you would give me some, something special. My point is this, is that just do the simple things. I have friends and colleagues that I say to them, hey, I'm thinking about doing this with the church. I'm thinking about what do you think? And they'll say, ah, I don't think you should do that. Listen. Turn to somebody and say, listen to your friends. And if you don't have, watch this. And if you don't have a good friend, what should you do? Ask God. Your good friend, your God friend could be right next to you. For some of you, God could have moved you to school in Massachusetts just so that you can meet a friend that sticks closer than a brother. 
Sometimes your friend may be packaged in a different color. Ooh. Sometimes that friend may be packaged in a specific ethnicity that your natural ethnicity does not get along with. You've got to open your heart and say, God, who are the partners that you put in my life? And so, thank you, hon. Actually, you can just stay up here because you're so fine. And so I want to, you don't mind staying up here, do you? Okay. I know what she's going to say, no. <laughs> so what I want to do, we're going to talk about the other indicators, but I want to end with this. Next week, we are going to be launching what we call our small groups ministry. We know, or I know, I, I've, I've, um, I was raised in this area. I'm one of the few people who was born in Massachusetts and never left. I thought I was going to leave, but I'm still here. And I know, I know that Massachusetts is an unfriendly place. I know that. Um, maybe it's the winter. Maybe it's the way we are. But I know that when I go down south and people go, how y'all doing? I'm like, that's none of your business. That's, that's the Massachusetts in me. Can I get a witness? Those of you in Massachusetts like, what do you mean, how am I doing? You don't need to know. But I've learned to know, to be friendly. And we know that you're being here, you're like, oh my goodness, how am I going to? We work hard at being a warm place. We work hard at it. And one of the reasons why we have small groups or community groups or care groups or life groups is so that you can have people to do life together with. And so we want to encourage you next week when we do our launch to sign up for a small group. It's, it's not a sentence meaning that. It's not like you sign up for this group and you got to be with these people for the rest of your life. No, it's just, it's giving you an opportunity to connect with people, to have partners, and some of us, hopefully partners that will help us in this season of our lives. I'm gonna go with part two next week, but I want you to stand because I wanna bless you. I wanna bless you. I wanna bless you And at the end of the service again, I want you to walk out here and give your, get your oil. One of the reasons why this is so important to me and my wife is, when I was, my mom, I was blessed. My mom, she's alive, but she's watching on, on stream. Hello, mom. From the time I was in kindergarten all the way through college, the first day of school, my mom would call me into her room and we would kneel down and she would pray over me. I remember when I finally graduated from college and I was going to uh, Bentley, Bentley University I thought, I'm, you know, I'm 18, I'm a grown man. Now I'm ready to go off to school. And she's like, Brian, Brian, come here. Kneel down, I want to pray over you. I was like, Ma, come on. I'm a, 
That, that was from when I was in high school. How many of you know that when you're in college, you need more prayer? <laughs> Can I get a witness out there? I was like, oh! By the time sophomore year, I was like, take him and pray over me again. Man. Some of you don't have a parent who's praying over you. Some of you don't have a parent who will bless you. Would you allow me to represent Father God to bless you in your school year? If you're a student of any kind, I don't care what you're taking. If you're a student, I want you to remain standing. Everybody else, could you sit down? I want to do this quick blessing, and then the praise team will come up and close out everything. God bless you, all students. I want to speak a blessing over you. First of all, I want to praise God for um, Brother Cameron Eady. I, he, he just has a way of putting blessings together, and I said, could you write out a blessing that I can speak over the students, and then I'll speak over the teachers. Now, for those of you who are new in our church, when, you, when you're ready to receive a gift, we ask you that you put your hands out. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, every good gift comes from the Father. So you're in the position of receiving the blessing of God. And I'm going to speak this over your life. And when the year gets challenging, go back to this blessing on YouTube, on our channel, on our website, and remember the blessing I spoke over you because God is going to bless you. The word bless simply means to speak words over a person's life, words of success. And so let me read this blessing to you. Are you ready? Students, are you ready? Unimaginable, inexpressible, predetermined, purposeful, and academic blessings upon you, students. Say amen. May God graciously give you the knowledge, understanding, and wisdom to advance in your education. May your heart be enlightened by the truth of God's Spirit to know that you hold significance in this present day, that you are loved, that you are precious, that you are important to God and what he has in store for you, that you are more than able to exceed every expectation, that your immediate future holds great success, that your life matters and you and will influence other classmates to also succeed. I bless you to know that in every moment of doubt, every moment of fear, every moment of anxiety, your heavenly Father will personally show up in a variety of ways to protect you and empower you to continue working through each difficulty. I bless you that his immeasurable great love will always be lavishly poured upon you as the anointed King Priest Jesus is being formed within you. I bless you that you will have good and healthy relationships with classmates and teachers who will help you discover your highly valuable potentials to serve and to lead 
as you become what God has created you to be, you were created to be a world changer. Finally, may God bless you to excel in your strengths, improve in all of all areas of your weaknesses as his supernatural, influential power, grace upholds and support you. I bless you to enjoy these days of new beginnings as you prosper emotionally, as you prosper socially, especially in this day of the pandemic, as you prosper mentally, physically, academically, financially, and in godly character according to his divine and predetermined purpose in Christ for you. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and every student say I receive their blessing. Amen. You may be seated. Educators and teachers, could you stand? If you're an educator or a teacher, if you stand, and if you are watching online, you stand as well. I want to bless you right now. Exponential, unwavering, expanding, irresistible, unprecedented, intentional academic blessings upon you who are teachers and educators. May this academic year revolutionize the very core of your calling to build internal foundations of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom to unfold hidden treasures, to instruct, to teach, to reveal, and to release untapped potential in each and every one of your students. May you be anointed to see glimpses of your students' future, discern and remove barriers of learning and development, be awakened to the wisdom and counsel of God, and to speak to each student's divine purpose and destiny. May there be a new sense of liberty to access, to access your God-given skills and abilities, spiritual gifts, and the source of their origin, which will build, strengthen, and promote each student's true identity. What's their identity? The immediate future servant leaders and world changers of this season. And may God be your first point of reference and be captivated, and may you be captivated by his transcending power to give you his insight into all your endeavors to improve and to perfect the process of creating wholeness in each one of your students. May God bless you to experience communal synergy with institutes, with, with institutes of learning where you work, as well as with each student and parent. May the Holy Spirit, this is one I really love, may the Holy Spirit empower you to make personal choices which benefits the good of all students who have been created and called by God to accomplish acts of greatness and nobility in their generation. Finally, I bless you to enjoy the ancient path of selflessness, which leads to eternal and glorious reward in Christ Jesus. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and you teachers say, I receive the blessing. God bless you. At this time, the praise team will come. Could everybody stand?
if everyone in the room could just put their hands up in a posture to receive a blessing.
is their savior maybe you're watching online and you've never given your life to Christ or you are walking with the Lord but you're not walking with him anymore and this morning God has given you an indication that he is speaking to you with his arms wide open saying come back to me Jesus so loved you that he sent this word to say to you I have a good will acceptable will a perfect preference for you and the preference I have for you is that I want you to be my child whether you are in this room or watching online you can receive Jesus Christ as your savior we're not talking about joining the church. Don't worry about that. That's not what this decision is about. This decision is about joining the family of God. We're not here to embarrass you. We just want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus. So if there's any head is bowed and every eye is closed, and you're here and you say, you know what, I want, I want to give my life to Jesus. You know, Bishop Brian, could you pray for me? 
We're not going to ask you to come up. We're not going to ask you to do anything other than to let us know who we're praying for. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here or if you're online and you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus. Could you slip up your hand so I can see it? Just want to make sure. God bless you. I see that hand. There are others. Lift your hand up high. We just want to make sure that you get the opportunity to receive Jesus. If you're online, want to make sure that you, this is what this is all about. And so what, what we're going to do, we're going to pray with the individual who raised their hand, those who are online, and we're going to say this prayer with them. But those of you who want to receive Jesus, you definitely need to repeat these words. It's not, there's no formula in the words. It's just helping you to receive Jesus. Is everybody ready? Amen. So repeat after me, especially those who raise their hands. Say, Dear Lord, I come to you right now, and I'm a sinner. And all that means is Jesus does not live in my heart. But God, I heard that your Bible says, whoever calls upon your name shall be saved. And so Jesus, because you're alive and you died for my sins, I'm calling upon you. Come into my heart. Take away my sin and make me a child of God. Jesus, I thank you for hearing that prayer. And right now I know I am God's child. Can we give God praise and thank him? Whether you raise your hand or not, if you said that prayer sincerely, knowing that you weren't God's child, but now you are, please uh, let one of the ushers know so that we can give you uh, some material that will help you to grow in your walk with God. Those of you who are online, if you can email us at mail at ptspice.org or whatever address is being shown at the bottom of the screen so that we can know that you receive Jesus and we can strengthen you in your walk. God bless you. May his favor be upon you and a thousand so church is over. Keep singing, sing with us, sing, sing, sing. Church is over, but if you want to hang out for a minute, you can. Be upon me, 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 upon